This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 21 of the On The Banks Podcast, our Rutgers Wrestling Season Preview. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at OnTheBanks.com. We are right in the thick of things with fall sports and winter sports begin very, very soon. For all the coverage of every Rutgers sport, make sure to go to OnTheBanks.com. This episode is a little different than previous ones. To help me preview the Rutgers wrestling program before their first meet of the season on November 3rd, I am pleased to be joined by my co-host for this episode, the man who brought Rutgers wrestling to the radio here at Rutgers on WRSU and who covers the program for On the Banks, Nick Costco. Nick, thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk about what has potential to be a really very exciting season for the Scarlet Knights wrestling team. Appreciate it, Lance. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, the past four years at Rutgers uh, when we were in school, it was tremendous following and covering the program. Now I'm doing it in a little bit of a different capacity, but uh same thing. It's 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 about November. It's wrestling season. It's time to go, and uh, I'm looking forward for the uh, the the few months that we have uh, going into March, and then all of a sudden it's it, it's almost time for NCAA's already. So it's going to be a really really exciting season. Well, I'm sure you know all of our listeners would love to hear from both you and I for the next 30 minutes. You know, I think they would most certainly love to hear from the man who has built this Rutgers program really into a national powerhouse. Head coach Scott Cadell will be joining us on the episode. But before we talk to coach, I want to ask you a question. You know, what excites you most heading into the season? You know, you've been with this team really for the last four years. But this season, if at least in my perspective, in my opinion, it just has so much juice to it. Nick Suriano, Anthony Ashnold, so much going on, obviously, this season. What excites you the most? Is it a match, maybe a wrestler or two? What are you most looking forward to for Rutgers Wrestling? If I could narrow it down to one thing, I'd be impressed with myself. Uh, this season on paper has the potential to be their best season ever. Obviously, you're coming off a year last year where on paper, if they had Anthony Ashnell, that could have been their best team ever, but they still finished their high, the highest ever at NCAAs. They finished 11th as, 11th as a team. Uh, and then you had a guy like Nick Suriano make the national finals. You had another All-American in Scott Delvecchi. You had two other guys, Nick Gravina and John Vimbo, just come up a little bit short. But you had a potential there for four All-Americans. Uh, now that you go into this new season in 2018-19, a guy like Anthony Ashnell is back. Soriano's still in the lineup as well. So you have a potential for two national finalists, maybe two national champions. And then I mentioned before, like guys like Van Brill and Gravina uh, could be All-Americans as well. And then you point, and there, there could be other guys on the roster who might you know, qualify for nationals and then also become All-Americans. So it's going to be interesting to see. On paper, this is the best team that they've ever had with the, the, the experience coming back and obviously the veterans that are still on the team. Uh, the schedule, the schedule is, is jam-packed with plenty of Big Ten rivalries and uh, the, the top-tier Big Ten teams, I should say. And, of course, you have, you have a team like Oklahoma State coming in as well. Oklahoma State historically one of the best programs, if not the best program in college wrestling history. They're coming to the rack, so that that's exciting for Jersey wrestling, Rutgers wrestling. Uh, just wrestling fans in general are going to get a great match between Rutgers and Oklahoma State, and I think what uh, Coach Goodell has done with the program along with his entire staff and what, they, what they've done in recruiting classes and coaching up the veterans they have, I mean, again, this has the potential to be a team that finishes at least top 10 at Nationals, maybe finishes with a top 10 dual meet ranking, we're, and then maybe we're talking about top five at Nationals, top four to get a trophy at Nationals, and possibly a team with two national champions 
I'm looking at 2018-2019 as arguably this could be the best season ever for Rutgers wrestling. Well, it'll be certainly something to look forward to. And, you know, you mentioned it. And I think Coach Goodell said it uh, at Media Day. He thinks this team could be a top four team at Nationals. So that's the goal. Uh, that's maybe even the expectation for this team. And it's certainly something uh, that I believe and you believe and I'm sure most fans believe that they can reach. Once again, you know, we are so excited to be joined by Coach Goodell, obviously, on this episode to discuss what we think will be a very fun, exciting, and obviously successful year for Rutgers wrestling. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. He's entering his 12th season at the helm of Rutgers Wrestling and has really turned the team into one of the best in the nation. We are now pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Program, Scott Goodell. Coach, thanks so much for joining Nick and I and for coming on to talk about the team this year. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. So I want to begin uh, with last season, and I think the program, it really took a huge step forwards nationally. You finished 11th at Nationals, the highest finish in program history. How does your team off of that finish continue to keep building? You know, what are some of the things you did in the offseason to help, you know, turn that high finish into one that's potentially higher this season? Well, I think first it starts with that tournament, you know, and you do some uh, self-reflecting on that tournament, and we really never leave. It's crazy. When we first had an All-American the first year, it was like, great, we broke the barrier, we kicked the door down, we got an All-American. Then the next year we had an All-Anthony Ashnault was an All-American, but we weren't satisfied. Then we had two, we were excited again. Then we had two the next year, we weren't satisfied. So I think we leave that tournament. You look at that tournament and, you know, Suriano didn't win a national title. And, you know, John Van Brill, everything that happened with him, it was not, I don't want to say disappointing, that's not the right word, but we left so many points out there and we left a top 10 finish out there. And then you're excited for guys like Del Vecchio. So it's a roller coaster, it's up and down. We look at that tournament and feel like there's so much more to be had. We could have really been, a t- we felt we were a top 10 team and, and that was kind of our our mantra really all summer long. I think we scored 42 and a half points, 43 points the national tournament. So everything we did ended with 43 seconds left or 43 mm-hmm. reps, whether we were in the weight room or conditioning. So we just really focused on that NCAA tournament and that finished and where we could have scored points. And, and then you have, an, from an individual standpoint, guys like Nick Ravina are, you know, they want to be an All-American and they're short of their goal. So there was so much focus on that, and uh, which leads to a really, really good offseason. And the guys that want to achieve their goals and be successful, put in a ton of time and you meet those needs. And we're here all summer long. This staff works their tail off. So it seems like it never really ended. And here we are getting ready for Saturday, Fresno State, and look forward to open up another season. Coach, well, what was the offseason like? Obviously, you you, met, you mentioned the tough finish in Nationals just, just outside the top 10. What was the offseason like knowing that you had a guy like Anthony Ashnell come back? You had a lot of uh, seniors returning as well, plus the new freshman class. What was that like throughout the entire summer gearing up for this first weekend? Uh, you know, just a lot of excitement, right? On paper, it's just, wow, this could really, really be special. But then, you know, you go from looking at it on paper like, okay, what do we really, really need to do and how do we need to get all 30 guys better? And then it comes down to what guys are willing to be here all summer long. And, and your core guys and all your freshmen are here, so that makes it for, for a really fun summer, an exciting summer. And that's kind of what we had. And, uh, you know, we wish we had some more input from some, some guys, but, you know, that it, it just didn't happen. And the guys that were here, it, it was it – was, a lot goes into it. A lot goes into it. How do we keep Anthony healthy? How do we get him better? You know, how do we keep improving his game? How do we get Soriano healthy? How do we get him better? Um, and so there's so much that goes into it. And then those freshman guys we spent a lot of time with, getting them used to what a college practice and preparation is going to be like. And you can't simulate it until you get them on campus, uh, you know, starting in September with classes. And so it's really, really difficult to simulate it. And 
they've, you know, I think you would each tell you they've probably hit a wall here at some point in September, October, but they're they're all for, for the better for it and, and ready to go now come this weekend. So, Coach, I want to start looking at the team. Uh, let's start with 125. Of, of course, you know, Nick Suriano, national runner, uh, runner-up last year in that weight class, but it looks like this season he's going to be at 133 to start. So I guess who replaces Nick at that weight? And because of the success that Nick obviously had at that weight, does that kind of put more pressure on his replacement at 125 to you know produce at a really high level? Well, I think in, in the the thing with that weight class, really in any program, not just ours, but you know, is you need a fire starter. We start most of our duels, probably 90% of our duels, at 125 pounds, and it was just awesome having a fire starter like Suriano. Are we going to be able to replace that? Probably not, right? I mean, he's a national finalist. He's lost two matches in the history of his career in college. Uh, so he's, he's pretty darn good. So uh, Shane Metzler got some really good experience when Nick was hurt last year and out for that month. He won us a dual meet at Wisconsin. He beat a kid who, to be honest with you, the Jimenez kid from Wisconsin, we've never beaten. We've had guys wrestle and we've mm-hmm. never beaten them. So that was a huge, not only did he beat him, he pinned him. Then he comes back two days later and he starts us off with a good win against Princeton, who's a good team. So he's, he has that experience. He knows what he needs to do. And then we have this incoming freshman in Nick Aguilar who happens to beat him in a wrestle-off, and then there's a decision to make. What do we do? Do we Is, is Aguilar ready to win at the Big Ten level? Can he, can he score points at the national tournament? We don't know that yet. So to start, we'll keep him in redshirt, and, and Metzler's going to have to be the guy. And we feel we were confident with Metzler over the mm-hmm. offseason, and so that's going to be our guy. And, again, we'll, we don't expect him to replace Nick or be Nick Seriano, just be himself and – and hopefully that's good enough. But we we have to be good at that weight class. I said this at media day. We have to be good at 197. We have to be good at 129 if we're going to have success. So those are the two guys. And right now, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep Aguilar in red shirt. So as a, uh, just just real quick, that's pretty interesting. The, the fact that he won your your, your quote unquote indicator yeah. matches. Uh, yep. So is he going to get any mat? Just real quick, is he going to get any mat time this weekend in the in the quad meet, or is he going to kind of keep him on the shelf for now? He'll wrestle in the Princeton Open unattached. So okay. it doesn't count as a as a rucker. You know, he's wrestling okay. unattached, and those matches actually do count. So if we decide like Spencer Lee last year, right. they pulled him out after Midlands. Right. So his record leading up his open tournaments, his Midlands, they all count. So this will be a really really good test. Princeton Open is super, super competitive, so it'll be a really, really good test to see where Nick's at. And I think that's it's constant communication, constant dialogue with our staff, not only with him, but you know some of the other guys that are, are world starting redshirt. But it's a good test for those guys, and we just got to see how it plays out and if they're ready, Big Ten ready come come December. Now for one thirty three, obviously Suriano looks like he's going to be there at the start of the season. I mean, uh, things could things could change, but it seems like one thirty three is his weight class this season. Uh, are, are you confident in Nick at that weight? Considering he's bumping up, you think he's stronger that way because he doesn't have to cut as much. What do you expect from Nick Suriano after a national final last year? Now one thirty three. I I'm super super confident. I think our whole staff, our whole program is super confident in Nick Suriano one thirty three. Let's start with that right away. Now, from a coaching standpoint, what guys will cause them problems, right? A long, lanky Seth Gross, right? So that's something we have to con- constantly work on. But as far as strength goes, he will be fine. Uh, the kid from Michigan, Michitz, is a big-time left leg or left-hand leg attack guy. Uh, that's something we have to work on through the And then you have someone like Pletcher, who's super small. So there's all these type of different styles and different body types that you got to contend with. But there will be There'll never be a strength factor. He's the strong, one of the strongest guys I know, pound for pound. He's super, super strong, so that won't be an issue. He trains with Ashnault. He trains with Glasgow. He trains with Reese Humphrey. He works out with Donnie. Uh, that won't be an issue. Uh, matchups, there'll be some matchup, you know, matchup-wise, and 
This is a good weight for Nick. I mean, this is a good weight. I think he can really concentrate on wrestling. He doesn't have to worry about weight, which wears on you. Wears on your body, wears on your mind. And we all understand it. Anybody who follows this program knows he's a high-octane type of kid. And he's there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say anxiety. That's not the right word. But he's constantly thinking about his craft. And this is one thing we could take out of it. I think it'll be good for him. Now you look at 141, Mike Van Brill's obviously back. Uh, had a good season last year. Uh, but the 141 weight class, you know, it's difficult. You got guys like Joey McKenna. You got guys, yeah. you know, like Nick Lee. What's your assessment of how Mike has kind of progressed this offseason and how has he kind of improved uh, to compete with those guys and others in a very talented weight class? His mind, his mind's gotten better. He's, uh, he, you could tell it's a different, I said this at Media Day, it's a different Mike Van Brill from a, from a mindset sam- standpoint. He was always, should I pull the trigger? Should I not pull the trigger? Where am I at with my weight? He came back, he weighed 147 pounds when he came back from the summer. He's the one guy who really didn't spend a lot of time here this summer, which could be a good thing. We'll find out if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But he's just at ease with where he's at as a wrestler. Uh, I don't think there's any pressure at all. He's he's sandwiched in between Suriano and Ashnault. I think that helps. Does he want to be ultra successful? Yes, but there's just a different there's just a different approach for him. And I don't know where, where it's come from. I don't know what, you know, where where this whole different attitude is but it's a it's a lot less stressful Mike Van Brill if that makes sense at all and and we'll see how it plays out you know that could all change after the first match where you know but right now he's had he's had a really really good September October really good preseason very very low maintenance comes in goes about his business his weight is way better than it's ever been and uh it's not something he's thinking about I think that's really the difference with his mind so um, anytime you could take that equation out of it, that's good for wrestling and it's good in, from an individual standpoint. Now, Coach, at 149, obviously, Anthony Ashnall is back. Everyone's excited. All the fans are excited. I'm sure the coaching staff and the team are very excited to have him back for one final year, one final run of the national title. Do you feel this is uh, – I, I believe you might have said this last year or the year before, this is going to be the best version of Anthony Ashnall. Would you say that again this year now that he's at – 149. He's at a very competitive weight class, but he seems to be one of the favorites. And I think it seems like he's finally fully healthy. Yeah, I think he's fully healthy. That's the first, you know, the most important thing, right? And uh, again, he's another guy's up a weight. Weight, weight won't be an issue. He's weighing out at. He's weighing out on weight now, so it's not. It's one less thing you got to worry about. But I do. I say this every year. It's the best version of Anthony we've seen. And here, here's the reality. I think there's a ton of. There's a lot more of Anthony Ashnault that's going to happen in the international scene down the road. And uh, I think there's a lot of, there's some good wrestling left for him, some really, really high level, meaning senior, senior level competition and senior level competition titles and things like that. That's, that's my vision of what I see out of Anthony Ashnault. Would it be great for him to cap it with a national title? Yeah. And I think obviously that's what he wants and that's what this university wants. And uh, but there's no added pressure to do that. It's 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 a really good Anthony Ashnault right now. What you get with Anthony, uh, and and I don't know. I try to explain this to some of the coach, other coaches from different sports on campus. It's just he's such a team guy. And when you get your leader back, and he's not a rah rah guy. He's just a leader, and he has a way of talking to these young kids and you know coaching them up and teaching them. It's 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 an extension of your coaching staff. There's nothing like getting your leader back, and we just didn't have that last year. We didn't have that, and I think that hurt us a little bit, but we have our leader back, and that's that's been the biggest difference in our program from last year to this year is having a guy like that, and I think Everett's well documented what he means to this team and the university and the state of New Jersey when it comes to wrestling, and uh, so he's you know he's a fan favorite, and guys will root for him, and we just hope he just continue to keep him healthy, and we'll be fine come March. 
And, you know, you look at 157 now, obviously, John Van Brill, good showing at NCAAs last year, obviously came so close to achieving that All-American status. What does he have to do to reach that goal this year? What has to be different for him to become an All-American? Just continue to improve his game. And then and then the biggest thing we've worked on with John Van Brill is his poise. He loses his mind in the course of a practice because he's so darn competitive. One of the more competitive kids I've ever coached and uh, wants to win at everything, whether it's handball, whether it's a situation in a wrestling uh, practice or obviously a match situation. So he just wants to win at everything. He needs to be composed and be able to relax in the moment. And, man, we'd love to go back to being up 8-5 with 19 seconds to go in a All-American round. It's something that me personally will probably never get over. I'm sure he's gotten over it and he's moving on, but you know that'll sting for a long, long time. And uh, that's that's got to be extra motivation, you'd assume. You would think, him, yeah. yeah. I think so. I think, and he's he doesn't hide from it. He says he talks, thinks about it every day, and watches the match every day. And there's going to come a point. Listen, you're going to be up three with 20 seconds yep. left in a big match. So I I'm anxious to see how he finishes that match out. But the great thing about it with Johnny, you can bring it up to him. Like I'll say, I'll mm-hmm. walk by him in practice and get in his ear and say, "Here we are, eight five, 18 seconds in the go. Let's see how you handle it." And so he, he certainly responds. he certainly doesn't shy away. He from doesn't it. shy away from it, which is awesome. Which is awesome. Now, Coach One Sixty Five, a guy you've talked about a lot. He's finally in the university after after the prep year, Stefan Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, do you, do you find that he's comfortable at One Sixty Five? I know he wrestled Johnny for One Fifty Seven. But you also mentioned, especially at Media Day, that he's an absolute freak athlete, yeah. and he can basically do almost anything you ask him to do on a wrestling mat. What, what are your expectations for uh, Stefan Glasgow? Uh, to, to have a big year. I mean, he's a super, super talent. I, is 165 the best weight for him? Probably not. He probably He's probably a 57-pounder. But I don't know how he does with, with weight control. I know to get down the weight for the wrestle-off, it was kind of a struggle. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't do it right. Like, he doesn't know... And it's not like you can coach him up, right? He's, in, he's wrestling with one of our guys. So uh, that's the difficult part. But, you know, right now he'll start the year at 65. He could always go down if if something were to happen or if John felt, you know, who knows. You know, you never rule that out, I should right. say. And but so, right now, so, so he's he certified at 57? Oh, yeah, he's certified at 57, and he's certified early. He was... But but he can get up there. He was he was 170 pounds last year wow. or la- yesterday. So it's not like he's small, but there's... His talent, you know, that can only take him. So he does work super hard. That's not going to be an issue. you got to have everything going right, though, academically, socially, athletically to be great. So, again, it's an adjustment period. He's a freshman, super, super talent. I've been really, really pleased with his output as far as he works, Uh, works extremely hard. Um, He could be really, really special. He's got to put it all together, and we'll see. These first couple months are really important. And then how does he handle the Big Ten is something I'm super, you know, Especially at that weight class, that 65, weight, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I know he's capable of beating those guys. Can he lose on any night? Probably, but he could also beat them on any night, so it'll be fun. And look, at 174, Joe Grello's the guy. You know, he has another year of experience now as a redshirt sophomore. What should fans look out uh, look for out of out of him this year? I think he's our most improved guy right now from a, from a getting better at wrestling standpoint. I think he's had the best preseason, and I, I laugh. I got get, These people send me the comments on, on the Scarlet Nation, right? <laughs> barely beat Willie Scott. Well, first of all, he was wrestling great. He had a great match. He just got turned in a little, like... People uh, forget their teammates, too. Yeah, come on. teammates, <laughs> and he didn't do a whole heck of a lot, and then he was getting hit for stalling. Willie, Willie's really, really good on top. And he gives a lot of people fits on top. So we got some good depth there. Like, Willie can beat a lot of guys. He'll do it at 184. He'll do it at 174. Uh, But Joe Grello's been our most, I think, our most improved wrestler. And uh, he's had a great offseason. He's had a great preseason. So 
it's a good weight class. It's a super, super good weight class. Somebody else who's certified at 165 as well. So, who oh, knows he, oh wh- he did. He did. So who knows where that goes? Uh, right now, he's going to wrestle 174 and uh, you know see what happens. But he, he's we look for for him to have a really. It's time. It's time to have. You can't wait in this sport. You can't wait. I'm a sophomore now. I'm a junior. Next thing you know, it's over. Right. Do it now, and that's kind of. Kind of the way we feel Joe's able to do it. Joe's should be able to do it now. That's kind of how we feel. It's interesting to see where these guys actually certify now. Yeah. I know Grello was, I believe he was a 60-pounder or even a 70-pounder in high school. I think he went back and forth. And he, he was coming into college at 65-74. slash uh, So with 184, it looks like Jordan Pagano's the guy to go right now. Right now. Uh, Nick Ravina's still recovering. Mm-hmm. You said, I believe you said Billy Janzer's nursing a small injury as well. He's also a true freshman. What's your outlook for this weight class this year? I know Pagano's the guy right now. Do you foresee him dropping to 74 if Grello goes to 65? And what's the expectation with uh, Nick Gravina when he actually is healthy when he's back this yeah. season? Well, let's first start with Pagano's not a 74-pounder. That's off the cards because he didn't certify. So he's a 184-pounder. So, so he's, a, he's 84 solid 84 for the rest solid. of the season. Um, and then, you know, Gravina's ahead of schedule. So that's oh, good. good. You know, again, we won't rush him, but he's ahead of schedule. So we, we, we have some depth there, and Jordan's really big. Jordan's big, so will Jordan go up one day? Will Jordan stay there? Who knows how Nick's shoulder's gonna? So you don't, you know, put the what, what's the saying? You don't put the horse in front of the cart. Is that is that the saying or the close up? I think yeah. you don't put the cart <laughs> in, front in front of the, of the horse. horse. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. Yeah. So you just go week by week and day by day. And I know that sounds boring, but that's what we're gonna do. Jordan's had Jordan's wrestled really, really well so far, and he's he's uh, he's in a good spot. We want to get him back to where he was two years ago when he beat Ryan Preach from Lehigh, a number four kid in the country. Certainly capable of doing that. And Nick Ravina's another one, like Ashnall. He's one of our leaders, you know. He does everything right, and he's a fan favorite, and he's finally got that shoulder done the right way. And it's uh, yeah. He was telling me he actually this is the first time he's ever felt no pain no in the pain. shoulder. Yeah, and that's that's awesome to hear. You know, that's great. And but he'll make the decision. He may come back after one, two, three days of practice. And be like, coach, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't want to chance this. Who knows? I don't think that that'll happen. But you never know. So. We'll just go with Jordan for now, and when Nick's ready to go, he'll let us know. We'll get him work and get him in the room and get him some matches, see where we're at, and then, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out with those two. And even if one of them has to go up, we'll play with that. We'll play with that idea as well. And you know, at one ninety seven, you know, Matthew Corrente is obviously back, but you look at the wrestle offs, and, and Max Wright ended up beating him. You know, what's the plan going forward with the two of them, considering Corrente had success at one ninety seven a few yeah. years ago? It's a, it's a, you know, he, first let's. I should start by I'm not a huge wrestle-off guy. The, the people mm. out there listening, the Rutgers wrestling fans know that. It's a match. It's an indicator match. kind of gives us an idea for the first weekend. But it's all about performing under the lights. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we're going to give Max, obviously, an opportunity to do that. He did win the match. So we're going to give an opportunity to perform, and hopefully he performs well. We'll send these guys to some open tournaments, and really their job's on the line. That's mm-hmm. how we look at it, and we got to figure it out. And we're going to see who's able to compete. But – We've had guys lose wrestle-off. Sean McCabe, off the top of my head, never won a wrestle-off. He always was our <laughs> starter. He never won a wrestle-off. So, you know, and he ended, uh, up, he ended up qualifying for nationals qualified a couple for nationals. years ago. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, here's interesting. Kenny Theobald wasn't our starter the year he was an All-American. Oh, wow. He didn't become our starter he had January lost the, 8th. He had lost in the wrestle-off. I don't, I don't know if he wrestled off. I, I think they were. he was hurt. He, but he, they went. He was he was still recovering from an injury, I believe, that yes. year, correct? And Geraldo ended up right, taking right, it, right, running right. with it, but then lost a couple dual meets where he should have never lost. Right. And then we're like, okay, let's insert. Mm-hmm. We sent them to Midlands. They both both lost to the same guy. So that <laughs> oh, didn't right. give us I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though Kenny placed higher, we let we let Geraldo start the year in the Big Ten against Illinois. He lost. The rest is history. Kenny became the mm-hmm. guy. So that's kind of how it worked out, and that it's about performing, and that'll be we'll. 
we'll use the same approach at 197. Just real quick, do you find that it's the best way to? I know, I know you're not a big wrestle off guy, so do you find these open tournaments and other other performances like Midlands to be the best quote unquote indicators, like as yes. you like to put it, to determine who actually is the starter at a weight? Yeah, absolutely. It's competition. It's it's refs, and we do bring in a ref obviously for indicator matches. I use those those wrestle off indicator matches for really for me one reason to see how everybody gets down the weight and how they approach the one-hour weigh-in. So for us, it was from 9 to 10, Mm -hmm. what they're putting in their bodies, how they're warming up, are they prepared when they get on the mat. And if you look at our team, and obviously we closed it to the public, but there were guys who were getting tired because they didn't get a good warm-up. There were guys who didn't eat the right things. You're watching them sit there. And, you know, again, you don't say anything until it's over because this is their – this is their approach to the it's like to a trial. It's like a trial, it's a trial. And, and we sit there and evaluate everything from the morning wake up till after when we're rolling up the mats. We evaluate their cool down. It's an evaluation, and and some guys, especially the freshmen, have no idea how to do it, and they have no idea about an hour weigh-in. And then there's the veterans that know exactly what they're doing and when they start their warm up and when to sit, relax, and take the mats. So there's a lot more that goes into it than just. On an indicator match. So the last weight class, uh, heavyweight Christian Colucci transfers in from Lehigh. He didn't wrestle off or do an in, do an indicator match. Uh, is Colucci the guy moving forward at least for the st- at least the start of the season? Do you think he's the guy moving forward for the entire season? I think yeah. Right now he's the guy. Again, you never know what's going to happen. Right. But right now he's our guy, and uh, again has a really put a lot of time in. A lot of one on ones. A lot of he's put a lot of time in, and yeah i mean ralphie they didn't wrestle off ralphie had some skin issues going on so we were you know precautionary reason but they'll both they'll both wrestle first you know a couple months and see rap but i think you'll see colucci get a lot of the big matches and things like that ralphie's been hurt all all preseasons nursing a knee injury and uh so we'll go and alex esposito's had a good off season lost to wrestle off to ralphie so um right now colucci's our guy and going forward that's that's kind of where you know where we're at and so coach away from the team you know i believe i read uh on Twitter, uh, that, that season tickets, they're close to 3,000, which is yeah. incredible. Uh, you know, you guys, you once again finished in the top five in the nation in home attendance last year. You had a sellout against Penn State. Just talk about uh, how awesome that rack crowd is, you know, getting to wrestle in front of the Rutgers fans, how much energy and juice that gives you, as well as, you know, your wrestlers as they prepare to go for their matches and, and when they're in their matches. Yeah, it's become a huge recruiting tool. It's something we take a lot of pride in now. Uh, getting the 3,000 was a goal of our staffs. We put some work into it. Obviously, our ticket people did 90% of it and did a lot of it. But, <laughs> but and they did a heck of a job at our marketing people and Lisa Carone and PJ. They did. They do a great job with it. But uh, it's important to us. It's important to wrestle. It's a. It's an unbelievable home atmosphere. And when we first started having this atmosphere, everyone was excited about wrestling and being in the Big Ten. So they would come and watch Iowa and Penn State and Ohio State. Then those were the reasons for the big crowd. Now they're coming, they're Rutgers wrestling fans. And now we're starting to get those chance of, of stalling behind our guys, you know, if one of the opponents backs up. Giving out rubber fists out there. Rubber <laughs> fists it's becoming a home match atmosphere where the first year we were in the Big Ten, it became just a, a great wrestling atmosphere. Now it's becoming a Rutgers wrestling atmosphere. And that's important to us. We love when those when that place gets loud and, and they get on the refs and they make the other team wrestle. And, and we're going to always wrestle really, really hard. And uh, it's just we love wrestling at that venue. Uh, I think there's a couple guys that would love to take a match back to College Ave Gymnasium just to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's even possible now. It doesn't seat 3,000. So yeah, I think not, uh, only high twos, I believe. Two, yeah, yeah. Not even that. We do wrestle in front of 2,400 against Ohio State okay. on Super Bowl Sunday, and there were paint chips right, falling yeah. off the rack. <laughs> so I don't think they'll let us do it, but our guys kind of want to do it. But we just love being at the rack, and it's just a – 
I appreciate all of our loyal, loyal Rutgers wrestling fans for continuing to show up. And, and I'm sure with, you know, we mentioned the sellout against Penn State last year. You know, Oklahoma State is yeah. obviously coming here. I'm sure that I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't a sellout. I mean, that that crowd, I'm sure, for Oklahoma State is going to be just so amped up and ready to go. There's a lot. It's the most storied program in all, with Iowa in college wrestling and 34 national titles. There's a lot of Oklahoma State fans in New Jersey. The uh, head assistant coach, associate assistant coach, Zach Esposito, is a New Jersey guy. So they recruit New Jersey like crazy. John Smith's the most accomplished wrestler ever from America. So uh, there's just so many storylines there. And, of course, who knows if it's Fix Soriano. Uh, there's just a lot that goes into that. It's, it's awesome. And uh, I think it's pretty close to a sellout already. So Yeah, I, I, look, yeah. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. If it wasn't I mean, yeah. you mentioned the most, along with I, the most storied program in college yeah. wrestling. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah, so it, it probably will be. And that's, that's exciting. We'll also have a high school match before that, Tom's over north. I bring my sons, to the <laughs> you know, just to get them in the building. But yeah, I don't little, even little know. plug for the high school. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if he's going to wrestle. So that's that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but almost before we wrap up, Coach, I'm actually curious now because obviously in years past you've done outdoor matches at uh, at the football stadium. The Yankee Stadium thing fell apart last year. Uh, do you plan on pursuing more outdoor matches either at the football stadium on campus or elsewhere in the future, or doing other special events, maybe at the, like the uh, Prudential Center where you yeah. have a special event with four different teams? Uh, do you plan on doing something like that for next year or in, in a couple of years? Absolutely. I'm absolutely open for anything. I'll do anything. I'm so disappointed we didn't get to wrestle Yankee Stadium. I mean, who wouldn't want to wrestle yeah. Yankee Stadium? I know they didn't want to play football there. That's I don't know. I just wanted to wrestle in Yankee Stadium. So I would love to get that back on the board. I don't know if we can or not, but maybe the Intrepid, maybe the Prudential Center, maybe outside down at uh, – on a stage outside of uh, the yard at College Ave would be super, super cool. I'm, kind, again, kind, of, kind, of like, kind of like shut down College shut Ave down and College make it like an intimate yeah, event right at the yard. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. You got, so you, you got the, you got the uh, huge video board right there, too, I to know. help out. I think that would be an unbelievable setting. It'd be sick. And that's something, I'm op- again, I'm open to do anything, anywhere, uh, with a great opponent that will draw. Uh, so, again, just keep thinking outside the box. Making Rutgers wrestling super important, not only to this campus, but to the rest of the country. That's my job. I, th- I take that job very seriously. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And something will come up next year, and uh, we'll certainly do something. You know, Coach, I've had you know other coaches on from other Rutgers programs, and I've always asked them about, f- uh, about facilities. You know, I'm sure you can't wait until that RWJ Barnabas Health Performance Center is finished for you and your team on Livingston. What is that building going to do for the program? You know, how much is that going to help development, training, and, of course, recruiting? Well, of course, recruiting. Like you said it best, it's going to help recruit. It's 2018. These kids nowadays, uh, they love the glitz and glamour. They love the big facility. It's something we absolutely, from my standpoint and our staff standpoint, we absolutely need it because of space. That being said, you don't win because of facilities. You don't lose because of Mm -hmm. facilities. Uh, That's just an excuse, and that's just the way I feel. Um, Listen, we're not in the most glamorous building on campus, but they've been in it for 80 years, and it works for us, and we make it work. So I never got caught up in the, you know, we'll only win if we get a brand-new facility. I will say this, though. Our administration, our athletic department, did a heck of a job. Our, our wrestling boosters, we raised a ton of money. Those guys are at the forefront of that. We appreciate that. You have no idea how much we appreciate it. We need the new facility because we need the space. Our guys are getting bigger. They're getting better. They're getting faster. They're getting more athletic. We split our practices every day, and that's hard to mm-hmm. do. You want your whole stuff. It's hard to It's hard to be locked in and focused for five hours, you know? Uh, so it'd be great to have the whole program in the same room and the same facility. So from that standpoint... Uh, it's awesome, and we can't wait to get over there and, and 
get in that. I think June 15th, we're able to get in there. So we look forward to that. And they're on target. We took a tour. The place is huge. It's magnificent. It's big. Uh, like you said, first and foremost, recruiting, but just to have, you know, the, the medicine over there and mm-hmm. the doctors over there and the, the nutritional stations over there. It's all, it's all, help. but you don't win or lose because yep. of that. Make no mistake about it. It's, we'll still be the blue collar, you know, put your head down, go to work type team. We've, we've been for 12 years. You and the other coaches are finally going to have uh, separate offices now over there as well. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know if I'm really happy about. You know, we kind of get after each other quite a bit when we're in the <laughs> office. And there's a lot of, listen, it's not all, we don't all agree on everything from, from redshirting guys to fundraising to where we should wrestle, how we should wrestle our lineup. We don't always agree. And, uh, you know, it's we need that's part of coaching. You got to have that, you know, kind of dialogue with your staff every single day. And uh, you know, we'll make sure. I mean, obviously, we knock on the door, go in. But there's something <laughs> to be said for being in that, for being in that, you know, office with you know two or three guys and could bounce ideas off each other. That's great. And I'm going to miss that. But we got to make sure we meet meet quite a bit. Are you and Coach Pretzlaff uh, going back and forth with the uh, the baseball talk uh, now too? Yeah, I do. I do. That's his way of bringing up the Red <laughs> Sox. Of course. Yeah. Come on, man. That's your way. Of, hey, listen. I tip I tip my cap to you guys. It was a great year, and it it stings. That stings. I mean, I was rooting. I never rooted so hard for. A, and a National League team, <laughs> but listen, the, the American League—that's they were the best team in baseball, so they deserve the win. So, coach, one more before we let you go. You know, look, we talked about it earlier. The fan base is is excited for this season. You know, Nick went to the finals last year, and, and farewell may go again this year. You know, Ashnault is obviously back from injury and is one of the best at one forty nine. Oklahoma State's coming to the rack. There's so much to look forward to for this season. What do you want to say to the fans? You know, what's your message before this season obviously starts on Saturday? Well, first and foremost, thank them for being so loyal and being so passionate about the sport because we we have an there's an excitement and there's an expectation because of our fans. So that's that's awesome. And and I wouldn't want to be in this unless there were expectations. That being said, we have a long way to go. This thing doesn't happen on paper, unfortunately. Otherwise, we'd show up in March and Suriana would be in a national semi and Ashnault would be in a national semi and we let the chips fall where they are and, and you just go by the rankings. So we, there's so much wrestling to be had and we have to get better. We'll continue to get better and then, you know, just just stick with us through this. There's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. It's an incredible schedule. It's a challenging schedule. Uh, we're, we're not probably made up to just roll this dual meet schedule. We're probably more of a tournament team. Uh, we're going to make sure we're ready for March. That's the first, foremost, most important thing. And uh, it is. It's going to be exciting. There's some national powers coming in here, Michigan, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. There's some traditional rivals, Princeton and Ryder. So there's so much to look forward to. Uh, we get a chance to go to Carver Hawkeye Arena. That's a great It's a great venue to wrestle in. There's just it, – it's it's November. It's November and uh, – uh, it's it's super it's wrestling season. The weather's starting. The leaves are starting to change. The weather's starting to turn. It's starting to get cold and brisk. It's wrestling season, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So that should make the people in New Jersey super super happy. We have a really good product that they can look forward to to watching, and uh, just can't wait to get going Saturday. They open up this season Saturday, November third at 10 a.m. in a quad meet against Centenary, Fresno State, and Johnson Wells. Coach, good luck Saturday. Good luck this season, and we're all very excited to see the team success this awesome, year. Man. Appreciate Thank it, Coach. So mu- Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank Coach Goodell for joining Nick and I on the episode. And look, you know, Coach, he kind of summed it all up with all the weight classes. There's so much to look forward to, really, with every weight class. You know, you mentioned it earlier. This could be, you know, one of the most successful, if not the most successful team that Rutgers Wrestling has ever had. And I think it's starts with the two guys up front. You know, it's it's Nick Soriano at 133 and Anthony Ashnold at 149. Those two are the two most talented wrestlers on this team. And those are the two guys that realistically – 
and and very well can finish uh, as either you know a national finalist or even a national champion. Yeah, and if you're looking at those two guys, obviously Nick Suriano is only a junior, and this is Astronauts final season. But if you have a situation where you have both these guys in the finals, you're representing Rutgers on the big stage because going into last year, they never had a national finalist until Suriano almost ran the table, and then obviously he lost to Iowa Spencer Lee, but. The first time you have a Rutgers wrestler in the finals, it's a huge deal. Now it's expected from a guy like Suriant. It's expected from a guy like Ashnell who's come up short before but can get there. If you have a situation where you have both those guys in the finals and if you have two national champions, not only does that make it the most successful season for Rutgers ever, but then you're putting them on the map where Suriano's going to come back as a defending champion. Anthony Ashnell goes out as a national champion. Then you could say, hey, Everybody in New Jersey, everybody from around the country, if you want to come to Rutgers, you can win a national championship. You can be on a team that finishes top 10, top 5, or can be a national championship team as a whole. Rutgers has been doing a steady job of building up since they joined, especially since they joined the Big Ten. And Coach Goodell, I give him all the credit in the world, him and his staff, building this program basically from the bottom since Goodell t- since uh, he took over. And now that they joined the Big Ten, the last five years in the Big Ten, th- th- this is th- they're on a tremendous upward trajectory and if, if if everything goes right this year we're talking about a powerhouse program for years to come and a program that everybody around the country is going to look at and say hey that's one of the five best teams in the country year in and year out and you know what's so great about it is not only do they have Ashnold and Suriano but they have so much depth behind them obviously you know Stephen Glass now is now here uh, Joe Grello, obviously the Van Brill brothers. You know, there's so many uh, good wrestlers behind them that when it comes to the dual meets, they're not only relying on Suriano and National. They have so many others in weight classes that could help them and help push them over the top in those dual meets to just accumulate wins. And especially when it comes to you know uh, NCAA's, those other wrestlers, guys like you know Nick Ravina, someone like uh, I believe John Van Brill, who came so close. Uh, to becoming an All-American last year. Those are guys who can put them over the top to potentially you know, get to that top four in NCAAs. Without a doubt. And they, you know, it, when you have guys other than the Hammers and Suriano National, then that makes you a great dual meet team. That can make you a good tournament team as well. So, I mean, it's, I'm interested to see what they do at 125. You know, you have Metzler probably starting out the season. We'll see if Aguilar gets, gets some... Uh, some mat time if he's if he's not going to redshirt this year if he takes over the spot again but we'll see but I think you have two talented guys right there that can kind of carry that weight class this year Mike Van Brill still young he's gonna have a nice chance at 141 to improve upon last year maybe get to NCAA's this year uh John Van Brill see if he can be an All-American this year same with Nick Gravina uh is Joe Grell gonna take the next step and get to NCAA's as well uh what's gonna happen 197 is Max Wright gonna be the BV guy this year or is Max Wright gonna take that spot back and then get back to NCAA's like he did a couple years ago and then if you look at uh, heavyweight they haven't they haven't had a steady heavyweight since Billy Smith I know Razan Gross did did some good stuff in uh, spots in the past couple years but if you have a guy like Colucci who can take over that heavyweight spot and be the next Billy Smith the next couple years that only makes the team better because when they're good top to bottom it's very very tough to beat this team is there's there's always been holes at certain weights whether it be 197 heavyweight or uh, 65 and a couple years ago or whatever it may be if this team has plugged those holes this is a team I'm talking that could possibly even win the Big Ten in the regular season, compete with Penn State and Ohio State this year. I know they don't wrestle them this year, but this is a team that's going to be in the same echelon as Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa if they put it all together this season. Well, it'll be certainly something to look forward to. Again, the wrestling team, they open up their season Saturday, uh, November, thir- uh, November 3rd, this Saturday at 10 a.m. in a quad meet against Centenary, Johnson, and Wells, and of course, Fresno State, and we're both looking forward to it. I want to thank Nick again for joining me on this episode. And look, 
Rutgers Wrestling has a lot in store. So much to look forward to. Oklahoma State coming. Obviously, Nick Suriano and Anthony Ashnell, both of them looking for a national title. So much excitement surrounding Rutgers Wrestling. And I think for Rutgers fans going forward, uh, this season, if you go to the meets, you're going to see a lot of exciting wrestling, a lot of exciting pins, a lot of exciting moves, and just a great atmosphere at the rack when you come on the banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.